Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for Business Leaders Radio. Now, here's your host, John Ray. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Business Leaders Radio. I'm John Ray, and we are not in our normal home inside Renaissance Bank in Alpharetta, but we're looking forward to getting back there one day soon. In the meantime, folks, if you're in the southern United States and you're interested in a different experience with your bank, go check out renaissancebank.com, and what you will find is a 200 local offices around the South ready to serve you, and what you'll also find is, guess what? They have a, they'll actually answer the phone with a live person when you call, which is a little unusual these days with a bank. Uh, so if you need a more personal experience with your bank, uh, go to renaissancebank.com and uh, check them out. And I don't talk about anybody on this show or any of my shows for that matter that I don't use myself or I don't know about, don't know them personally. So uh, I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Anne-Marie Cross. And Anne-Marie is with Podcasting with a Purpose. Anne-Marie, welcome. Thank you, John. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. Now, you are a, the CEO and founder of the Industry Thought Leader Academy as well. So yes. let's talk about how, how all that fits together. Mm-hmm. Becoming a thought leader and having a podcast. That's right. Well, as you would know yourself being uh, in the the audio uh, industry yourself, it's a powerful medium to share a message to make a much bigger impact in the world, of course. But of course, too, some of that audience are um, struggling with problems and challenges that you have an answer for. So, you know, coaches and consultants are the people that I work with. They've got a body of knowledge and expertise that they can be the solving problem or problem solver for their clients. And a podcast is such a great way to impact, but also influence and, and generate leads and inquiries from. Now, you know, the, the latest um, Infinite Dial report just came out from Edison Research that showed podcast listenership continues to, to rise. You know, there are a lot of podcasts that have come out there, and I get this question all the time, and I want to hear your answer because your answer is more interesting than mine. Why should I start a podcast? Because everybody's already done it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's interesting. I, I I just was asked that the other day. You know, there's so many more podcasts, but if you compare that to the amount of people who are across the various social media platforms, whether you're using video, whether you are sharing content across, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, those platforms that I'm sure we're all on, when you compare it to the number of podcasts, it's still relatively small compared to that number of videos that are uploaded to YouTube. And I think what people, especially if you're a coach or a consultant and you're looking to really leverage your podcast as part of the, you know, the customer journey where you're building know, like, and trust, when you do that really well, and and I'm sure we're going to dive into some of that today, Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about doing really well, you really can build a deeper connection with someone, take them through that buyer's journey 
journey, that customer journey to the point where they say, you know what, I really love that person as a host, what they stand for. They've definitely got the expertise that I need. I want to reach out because I want to find out more how I can work with them. So it really is getting clear on some of the key things that is part of business building in and of itself. So I really encourage people not to look at a podcast if you compare it to mainstream media such as radio or some of the other amplification tools, but looking at it Yes, it will amplify your message, but what are you doing as part of your business already that's working really well? And are you ready yet to layer a a robust podcast strategy on top of that? But the reason is if you have a highly niched podcast that really speaks into the, the, the challenges and the problems that you know people are seeking when they're looking online, you'll get found. And if you continue to deliver quality content, um, that'll be content that people want to follow and then they'll end up wanting to follow you and therefore they've now, you know, they're now in your community. You've been at this a while. I mean, it's been, what, 12 years? Yes, over 12 years. Over 12 years. Right. And now, and 12 years may not be long for some areas of, of, uh, social media or online work or uh, what have you marketing, but 12, 12 years in podcasting is a long time given, uh, the history of that medium. Yeah, absolutely. We started in 2008, the co-hosted podcast. I was in the career industry and that was at the time, if you can recall, for those of you that the global financial crisis hit and there were people around the world that were unemployed and really considering what are our options. It's funny that, you know, 12 years later, we're we're kind of in that same predicament, Mm. different reasons, of course. However, we knew that we wanted to be the voice of hope and inspiration. We knew there were opportunities, but people needed to change their thinking and their approach to job search. And what was being shared online and in print, back then, there wasn't really that many tools online. Certainly, no one really knew what a podcast was. Um, However, we knew that uh, what people were listening to and consuming was impacting their psyche, impacting their mindset, and it would keep them stuck from really reaching out and doing what they needed to do to find new work. So we started this podcast. We called it online radio back at and in those days. And in actual fact, the some of the newer tools were Facebook and Twitter, a, a lot of tools that we know and, and love and use quite regularly and frequently now. But a lot of that was new. And, and I was just reflecting back t- today on how so many of my colleagues, my peers in the career industry, would say to me, What are what are you? you doing? Who's listening to this anyway? And my colleague and I just knew that we we wanted, we loved this media. We could get to connect with people around the world, other career experts, and develop relationships and have conversations that we just could not do if we relied on you know, technology or face-to-face in our backyard. So we just ignored the naysayers and continued to, to do that anyway. And so, you know, 12 years on, many of those people who were the naysayers are kind of going, what are, what are you actually doing? I think you need to show me this, this medium. So, but I was using audio probably a couple of years before that, using tele, you know, teleconference lines where you would record content and then kind of sharing that with uh, clients and, and my community. But audio is a powerful medium. It really is. Yeah. And so you counsel uh, coaches, we'll, we'll get in more into this, but you, uh, uh, coaches, consultants on how to build their personal brand through a podcast. Uh, 
But one thing I'm curious about with you, because you started so long ago, is did you fall in love with podcast and the, the personal brand came later or or what, did you have the personal brand already and you just love this medium? I mean, wh- which came first, the chicken or the egg there uh, in your case? <laughs> well, great, great question. Personal branding came first because that was what I learned and, you know, myself having to go through the process of certification and so forth. So that was one of the certifications that I did as part of my career consultancy. Back then, of course, even going further back, not only was I told from my career peers that a podcast was a waste of time, that was back in the day before they even realized that this is going to show my age here, John, but anyway, I'm just going to share. Um, I was told from my career industry here in Australia that really you needed to do face-to-face, face-to-face counselling to help people with their careers. And I'm thinking, why? We've got the telephone. I mean, that was back in the days where only Skype, I don't even think Skype had been developed yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought, well, hang on a second. We've got the phone. We've got email. What's stopping me from you know, supporting people no matter where they are based. And so what I ended up having to do was look externally from my career professional body, if you will, and I found some incredible career strategists, personal branding strategists who um, had these wonderful courses that were delivered online. I didn't have to fly across the world or be face-to-face. And so that was an industry that I was really interested in because I could see, I just sensed that there was something about that online space that was really powerful. And um, and so personal branding, online messaging, positioning yourself online, you know, LinkedIn, that kind of uh, platform was something that I really spent time focusing on. And then when the global financial crisis hit, that was when my co- a colleague and I were chatting. We were just so sick and tired of that doom and gloom. And I don't know whether it was him or m- me that had found this online platform, but I do know that we said, we should start a radio show. Let's do it. And then, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. But the personal branding came first and the podcasting came later. So one thing I've always heard about personal branding is that um, your personal brand is what others say about you, not what you say about yourself. And there's a story in that with you, right? I mean, because see, you're not going to say this because you're too modest, but I'm going to say it. You're the podcasting queen and you got that moniker because somebody else said that about you. Uh, talk, tell that story. Yeah, it is. It's so true. You know, this is one of the things that I say to people, John, if you find something that you love doing and you do that day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, people will start to notice that about you. And if it's aligned with gifts, your strengths, your talents and passion, then that'll show, you know, for others. And it'll be something that you really excel in often quite naturally. And so for me, when I think about podcasting, uh, I love the medium because number one, I'm curious. Number two, I'm an introvert. I'm an extroverted introvert. When there's a microphone in front of me, I'm, I'm on. But 
I, you will not find me going out to conferences and networking events and doing all of that. I often joke, look, if I could carry a microphone around with me, I, I would because I'd be asking <laughs> other people questions. And, you know, I, I said that just, re- you know, a couple of months ago and people looked at me like weirdly and it goes, yeah, that's what we do at these conferences. We go around. I, I didn't know that, you know. I don't go to these conferences, but that's what they do with videos. But you know, and that's really what people recognised and, and yeah. they were calling me the podcasting queen and I laughed out loud when someone said that to me the first time it was a guest on one of my shows and it wasn't till years later that I thought, you know what, I'm going to embrace that title. But you know what I did do as a personal branding strategist? We, You know, success leaves clues and sometimes these clues are not for something that later on you'll really pick up on. And I thought, I like that, but I'm not ready to embrace that yet because here in Australia, it's like, who are you? You know, we, we have what we call the tall poppy syndrome, you know, don't shine too brightly above everyone else. Right. Um, and so I bought the domain. I thought, just in case, I'm going to buy that domain. And it wasn't until years later that everything came full circle and I realised I can uh, marry the, the personal branding, the positioning, the, the messaging, building business because I transitioned from working with uh, executives and professionals to working with entrepreneurs, uh, I can marry that together, integrate that, and really if they want to layer this robust podcast strategy on top of that, it can really support them in excelling. And and you know where I got that idea from? I actually sat down and I looked backwards, you know, that job, uh, Steve Jobs quote, he says, you can often join the dots when you take a moment, you pause and you look back and you join all the dots, and that's kind of what what I've done. But um, absolutely, but I, I do say to that what you mentioned, that it's what other people say about you, and I'm going to add a word to it, and, and you can impact what they say. Mm. But you can only do that if you're clear on who you are, what you stand for, uh, the outcome, the goal that you really want to position yourself as, and you live it and you breathe it, you you be it everywhere you are, and that personal brand will continue to to grow. You know, if you you was to speak to ten different people, whether they've met you in person or not, and if they were to be asked, describe what you would think about that particular person. Now, if they're able to, in their description, come up with a similar review of you, then you're on brand. I call that on brand. And, you know, we can continue to build that brand message and that experience and that reputation. We can do that proactively and we can even do that, sadly, by diminishing our brand, by being off topic, by talking about too many things, uh, about participating in conversations that you think, you know what, this really should not be done in an open forum. And so I'm always careful and I share with clients, be mindful of the people you hang out with, the conversations that you participate in and the things that you share because it can it can impact your brand, your reputation. Um, so yeah. You know, that's a that's a really great point that I really haven't I, I'm kind of surprised I haven't thought about that by now, but this is the reason I have these conversations is because I get to uh, get reminded of it from you know great thought leaders like you. It's real easy to hit send on a social media post, right? Um, it's it's a different matter to schedule a time with a guest, have a conversation. There's a lot more involved in that before you hit send. 
as it were, right? And so you're you you you're by definition more careful about the content you release in this medium, this podcasting medium, right? Absolutely. And even across social media, because, you know, what we would often do in the career space, and we do this with uh, entrepreneurs as well, we look at what we call a 360-degree um, audit, if you will. And so you may be very proactive in one particular medium or social media platform. However, and what's that saying? You know, you're only as strong as your weakest link, but if you've got content and you're participating in conversations, that's quite open. And let's face it, you know, no conversation these days is really private, especially if you're online. You just don't know who's going to read that, who's going to share that, who is going to take a, take a snapshot of that comment or that post before you suddenly realize that was, I actually don't want that out there. I'm going to delete it, but you just don't know. That thing could have gone viral and gone viral for the wrong reason. And we used to call that digital dirt, not the not a coin, a phrase that I coined, but one of my mentors, William Aruda, who I would say is really the, the guru in, in uh, thought leader in, in personal branding and who I did my studies through. Mm. But you're absolutely right. You know, everything that we do say participate in impacts our reputation for good and uh, unfortunately not so good in some cases. For sure. Now, let, let's let's dive into it and I guess maybe do a little um, – uh, dive into how you talk folks through the idea of a podcast. And I guess let, let's start with the negative if, if we can. I mean, when you look at somebody and you tell them you're not ready to launch a podcast, what's, what are the characteristics that you see when you get, you're giving that advice? Yeah, great question. And I'll often not tell someone that they're not ready. I'll just share a few things and often they'll go, hmm, I don't think I'm ready yet. Uh, but there's, there's three different indicators, especially when you're looking from a point of view of I'm a business, I'm a service-based business. So I, in effect, I share and sell my expertise, whether it be through digital products, courses, whether it be through one-on-one or a, a you know multitude of those, a hybrid of, of those. Number one, a key indicator that perhaps you're not ready yet is that your existing message that you're sharing is just not working as well as you hoped it would be. And often I will say to people, look, if you are at a networking event, whether that is in person or whether that is online, and you're sharing your message with who you know is your ideal client, and yet they don't go, oh, I think I need to talk to you, or I struggled with that. And in actual fact, I know a community of people who really need to hear from you. Then I would say, go and look at your message first, because a podcast, and I think we mentioned this already, it's an amplification vehicle. It will amplify your existing message. If your message isn't working already and you are hoping that your podcast would help you build your reach, it'll help you build your reach. But don't you want a message that really is cutting through the noise, positions you as not just a go-to, but the, you know, the specialist in your space, the thought leader? 
And so think about your message. That's firstly. Number two, and this often sits just beneath that, the reason your message isn't clear is because you have not yet defined who do I want to do my work with? Who is my ideal client? What's my niche? And if you think about what's happened in the world world today, uh, you know, there's so many businesses that have had to reevaluate their message. And this is what I say to clients too in my community. If you're sharing the same message that you were sharing 12 months ago, your message is most likely not going to cut through because the problems and challenges that your ideal clients have now have changed. So what are the pressing problems? Now, it may not be that, you know, your complete business model and message has to change, but the focus has to change. Your ideal client is probably still struggling with the same messages, but the most immediate needs, the most pressing problem is where you really need to focus on. And then that get, gets you into this their, their awareness, you know, their awareness says that's the first stage of the buyer's journey, customer journey, awareness building. So think about that. Who is my niche? What do I want to be known for? What do I want to become a trusted authority in? And once you're clear on that, that then can impact the brand, your message, the experience that you create. And that's often something that people haven't got clarity on. And then the third aspect of that is we talk about the monetization. What's the end in mind? Do you have some core or signature programs, offerings that in and of itself can become a brand? You know, if you do this correctly, your signature program that has a, you know, cut through title, that becomes a brand entity of itself. Something that people will often go, oh, you're the so-and-so person or your programs are so-and-so because it builds this, you know, huge reputation of success. And so if you're not clear on what it is that you're going to offer, you can't seed and lead that through the conversations that you have. That's going to determine the content, the type of guests, where you position your podcast, because some communities are going to be more highly um you know, frequented by your ideal client. So um, there's so many different aspects as to why you want to be clear on that. But more importantly too, there's a what I call a signature tactic that I accidentally um, discovered and that was after I launched Women in Leadership podcast. Something that my co-host and I had often struggled with was monetizing it. How do you get people off the podcast and wanting to buy your services. We struggled with that. There's a number of reasons that I now know why, uh, but, you know, anyway, we kind of left that podcast after two years, but I continue to podcast. The Women in Leadership was a podcast I started after a business partnership had gone belly up. We'd had a seven-figure pipeline, which unfortunately had come to an end. And I thought, what am I going to do? Now, I could not create, could not course content develop. I was just burnt out. But I thought I can ask questions. So I'm going to surround myself with incredible women who are leaders in their space. I'm going to find out what did they do. And they didn't realize that I started that podcast for selfish reasons. But an interesting thing happened. Three episodes in, I only had three you know, podcast episodes published on my website, I accidentally got two four-figure clients from those three episodes. Wow. A podcast that I had started as a way to kind of heal through my, my um, you know, issue there. And it wasn't until a little bit later on that I thought, boy, if I could 
generate that by accident, what would happen if I backtracked what needed to be in place for these two women who knew nothing about me to Google business brand consultant, find my website, listen to the podcast and and ring me. This is what happened. Ring me and they said, look, we don't have to go through that whole spiel. We know we want to work with you. What's the best program? You know, what what can you help us with? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I took a step back, looked at the steps, again, all kind of on that personal branding because I'd built that that brand, that reputation online. And now, of course, you know, that's what I have in my book and my, my programs. But that's so powerful of, of what you can create. And, again, if that's something that someone is looking to create for themselves, this, you know, content that can be this pipeline that nurtures people no matter where they're at in the buyer's journey. Some people need a little bit more information. So the time it'll take from just getting to know you to, hey, we need to chat because I want to hire you can be a lot longer. But a lot of businesses don't don't see the podcast in that way or they don't take the time to really build those key foundations. But those are the three things that I really would encourage people to consider before they press record and upload the load their podcast because we don't want them to become um, what's that that phrase a, a pod fade statistics <laughs> where they come you know out of like a bull out of a gate with all these episodes and then it slowly filters on and before you know it the production has stopped. Yes, and that the statistics show that happens fairly quickly. I mean it it's it it happens after a few months, right? I mean I don't remember that off the top of my head, but but you probably do. Yeah, it does vary. I mean, I've spoken to, and I think statistics is around the seven, mar- seven, you know, episodes. Yeah. I was just speaking to someone today who works with a large community of uh, women in business, women in leadership, and some of the feedback that she gets is that it's so much work, so much more work when you do it properly. On, and you would know this yourself. Yes, it is, and that's why. Wouldn't you want to take that little bit of extra time before you even launch or record your podcast? What is it? that I really want to position myself, how am I going to use that to really build those connections so that when you do launch, it begins to work from you for you uh, from the very first episode. So, and But those three things that I mentioned, those key indicators are things that people need to be mindful of. So what I think I hear you say is that the problem that a lot of folks have when it comes to assessing whether they should have a podcast is really a problem with their business and their marketing strategy and how they're positioned that has nothing to do with whether they should have a podcast or not. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because often people get frustrated as they would, no doubt, if you launch a marketing material, uh, you know, marketing strategy and it's not working for you. But I bring it also from a personal branding strategist point of view too. And you hear some people that's just launch a podcast, start having conversations with as many people as you can and you'll figure it out. Yes, but every single message you put out there is going to impact your reputation, your brand. And I'll give you an example on on how this happened to me and how this can weaken your brand message and take you much, much longer, if at all, to reach... you know, that trusted authority, that thought leader um, 
position. I had been working in the, the industry as a personal branding strategist and business coach for quite some time. And I was part of uh, a, a committee who we would regularly meet once a month to discuss the ins and outs of, of that, um, that network. And I remember sitting across the table from one of my colleagues who knew me very well for, for, for many years, in fact, and she we were just chatting before the meeting started and she said, oh, I've just hired a personal branding strategist and I'm going to, you know, revitalize my business message. And as she was sharing, she stopped and, you know, midway through even a sip and she said, you actually do personal branding, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. She said, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about that. What had happened was I had been asked to speak about social media, how I was using social media to you know, build my following. And so that's what I'd been speaking about. She said, you've been speaking about that so frequently. I now see you as a social media specialist. Mm. I'd weakened my brand with a with a person who already knew me for years and we'd been on the same committee together. So, you know, sure, start a podcast, have lots of interviews, but you could just be weakening your brand. Get clear on that first and then really, you know, focus focus on that and really hit the ground running. So a highly niche podcast, much, much better for someone who's a coach and a consultant wanting to use it for their business growth. Now, Anne-Marie, this seems like an obvious question, but uh, bear with me. (laughs) This won't be the first time I've asked an obvious dumb question. How do you define monetizing a podcast? Because there's a lot of, there's several different ways people look at that. How do you define it? Monetizing your podcast can be, again, what's the outcome in mind? I've got some people who are thinking about their podcast monetization as through sponsorship, and I've had sponsorships, which is great. But then when you're talking about it from the position of a coach and a consultant who really wants to generate those leads, who wants to get clients from their podcast, effectively, the podcast monetization strategy is going to be nurturing those listeners into leads to become paying clients. Then you can also have an aspect of sponsorships too, but you need to be very much aligned. And I love the way that you were talking about, you know, the bank and saying, look, I would not recommend anyone or any service that I would not use myself or knew that they were integral and and bringing excellence in their, their work. And so, you know, often, because often what happens is we get distracted and we end up if we're following a sponsorship advertising model, it's a completely different vehicle, a completely different beast, if you will, because you really then are creating an audience that um, may not look like your ideal clients. And I created what I've come up with or what I've coined the podcast positioning quadrant. Mm. And I've noticed it, you know, through over the years on the different aspects of what you can focus your podcast on. Now, um, imagine there's four squares. There's an arrow going up the left, pointing upwards, and then there's an arrow down the bottom pointing you know, towards the other way. And the up arrow is audience and the down arrow is authority. Now, the first square is entertainer. That's right on the left where there's really zero, um, you know, audience, niched audience, real um, highly in, engaged, if you will, looking after this, you know, needing the same problems and 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 challenges overcome, look, seeking that information. So you're seen more as an entertainer. Um, and there's low authority as well. Above the entertainer is what I would call a celebrity. 
Now, the celebrity does have a highly engaged audience because there is a charisma. There is something about that personality that the audience loves and continues to want to come back for. And so that authority, if you're an authority, you can probably get monetization from sponsorships and advertising because you've got this following who does follow you. But then if you're looking from a point of view of a coach and a consultant with expertise, you want to look at the other sides. Now, when you look at the bottom right, so you've got high authority, you're seen more as an expert. And this is what I say to people. People will come for the topic, but they'll return what for? The host. And there's a number of different factors that you need to consider. So that is the bottom right-hand corner. Mm -hmm. Now, the top right-hand corner is what you would say add trusted authority. So there's a highly engaged audience, a niche audience, and there's also um, your authority is high too because you're really seen as a thought leader. You're really seen as someone who is challenging status quo, bringing great insights, valuable insights that maybe no one else is bringing to the table. And that's really where you want to, to focus. Now, does that mean that you can't get sponsorships? Absolutely not. There may be some people that you can really align with, some services, some providers that you really align with that can add value to your community and that you know my ideal clients would find this valuable. But I would say look at monetizing your own message first and all of the other things um, that you can add to like sponsorships and advertising. You can do that um, from a you know, a, a different perspective. And it completely changes the the relationship. And because often I was asked, tell me about because I've turned away, I can't even think of the thousands of of people or businesses who've want to sponsor my podcast. The reason is that I know how much trust that that my audience has. And if I start to you know, bring in this message that, that people that I don't know or trust or worked with, I just couldn't do that because, you know, one of my core values is, is integrity. And so be mindful of that. So think about the podcast positioning quadrant. Where do you want to position yourself? And if it's trusted authority, look at monetizing your message first. Does that answer your question? Bit of a long way, but I, I always love to give it with lessons and, and, and kind of things that I've learned along the way. Well, I, yeah, that was that's very helpful, and I think uh, where I'm going with that too also is is that you know it seems like some folks view a podcast like they view old media, if you will. They're yeah, thinking, media. Yeah, yeah, they're thinking first about audience and reach and numbers and uh, so forth, as opposed to the message, the brand, and what and and coming at it from that direction. There's a couple of reasons, and, I, and you just reminded me, I went off on a tangent and I didn't finish my sentence. It puts a highly niche podcast in a very different position because when you look at mainstream media, what they look at is what are your download numbers mm -hmm. and how's your far is your reach. But when you think of a highly niched audience, I would rather have a smaller audience. And when I'm talking about high engagement, I know as a listener myself, if I'm listening to a podcast host and I know like and trust them and, and I probably have enrolled in their programs, all of that, and they say to me, you really need to use this or you need to 
buy, you know, get this book. I don't know how many books that I have on Kindle. It's because I've heard it on a podcast who've said you need to get this book. I am there. There's a level of that trust that is immediately passed. And, uh, you know, when you look at it from a trusted authority aspect versus the celebrity, the trusted authority has so much more, not just reach, but because of that reputation, um, there is this trust that, you know, a host, a, a sponsor, I should say, or an advertiser could not even, just can't achieve on their own. So, you know, you can come out, you know, trusted authorities, when they're very mindful about the, that monetization, the sponsorship, you can deliver far greater returns for a sponsor. If you decide to work with one, that's up to you, of course, than if you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands or even millions of downloads, to be honest. I would much rather have a smaller, highly niched audience than millions of, of downloads and just numbers. There's such, there's a different connection um, on that, if that makes sense. Does that help? No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you're talking about the difference between, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide yeah. <laughs> versus yeah. uh, a mile deep and an inch wide. You're, you know, the, 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 the latter has much more value, yes. particularly if you're a solopreneur, a small firm in a specific niche. That's right. That's uh, right. Folks, just to reset, we're here with uh, Anne-Marie Cross, and she is, uh, well, she's the podcasting queen, but she's the founder of Podcasting with Purpose and uh, has uh, done great work with coaches, consultants, in helping them build their personal brand and their business uh, through a podcast. Let's talk, Anne-Marie, about some of the basic principles that you guide your clients through. Uh, once you've decided to start a podcast, you know, what are some of the key principles that they need to keep in mind? Yeah. Uh, let me share some of those principles, but bring them through the lens of a mistruth. And the reason I'll, I'm sharing it this way is because the very first question I'm often asked about starting a podcast is what microphone do I need? And that means <laughs> the first micro, uh, first mistruth is that your microphone is not going to make the difference in you having a successful podcast. And what I mean about success is really, if you're looking from a business, the ROI is how many leads am I generating? How many clients am I getting? Yeah, downloads are, are, are things that we look at too. Um, however, you know, as I said, I had three episodes in Women in Leadership. Wasn't monetization strategy, wasn't even there. It was for me to, to reach out to awesome women in leadership. Um, and so that's really important because you cannot edit and mix compelling content that is going to nurture listeners into leads, inquiries and paying customers, even if you've got the most expensive microphone. But if you don't have a clear message, and I always say message before microphone because fluff and banter is is really not what you want on your podcast. You know, you've got some shows that you listen to and you're 10 minutes in and they're still carrying on. Well, I wouldn't give them 10 minutes in. So be mindful of that. And this really leads me to another, it's kind of another principle, if you will, is you need to be clear on how are you using your podcast 
in, in the customer journey because, and this is going to make a difference in the content strategy and the kind of information you share. Because if you're using your podcast as a way to build know, like, and trust and awareness with a cold audience who don't know you yet, you're not going to share on that podcast what you did over the weekend or all, you know, a myriad of other things right at the onset. However, if you're using your podcast as a retention building strategy, in other words, you're wanting to build value with your existing customers, they already know, like, and trust you and are probably interested in learning more about you, the behind the scenes, those sorts of things. So that is going to be, you know, different aspect of the content and the information that you share. And so, so again, you know, don't, don't think your podcast is going to, to be the, the podcast that people subscribe to just because of the microphone. Second is, you know, share this, share this, get it out there. As I mentioned, that that is something that you really want to make sure that you've got that message, you've got your monetization strategy correct, because that's going to determine a lot of different things. And lastly, the mistruth before I, I share one other principle that I think is really going to be valuable for people. The last mistruth is, you know, if you get listed in new and noteworthy or the, the top list, your podcast is going to be a success. But I would say to people, rather focus on building your reputation equity. That's your personal brand. The things that you are doing already, if they are working for you, when you launch a podcast, you're going to be able to leverage the reputation that you're already building. That's so important. Rather than focusing on on vanity numbers. And that got, leads us back to the, the positioning quadrant. But how this is going to impact, and these this is, you know, some of the principles. Number one is, you know, determining what is the podcast name. The, the overall show title can make a huge difference. I, I One of my podcasts is Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, and that's actually an award-winning podcast, but I ended up closing that down for a little while. We've re re you know, opened it up. We were now republishing it. But the reason was, is my message got lost in the noise of my own podcast. I teach a lot of the principles today because they're mistakes that I made and I they're costly mistakes. And I thought, look, if I can shorten the time frame that someone goes from launch to success, I'm going to share it with them. But what ended up happening was I was interviewing a lot of different people, interviewing anyone and everyone that I could, hoping that that would help me build my brand. Mm. But I wasn't clear on my message. There was no seed and lead strategy. Um, and so that's why my message got lost. But something interesting happened when I closed it down. And this is kind of the principle that I want to share. I had people reach out to me that said, would you consider selling us that podcast? <laughs> I never really? agreed. That I, yeah, I had several inquiries mm. and I never dreamed that that would happen. But here's why I think that happened. It had a brand name. Mm. It had a brand position. It was award winning. It had already been listed and, and listed in the top this and top that list. So again, that brand, that positioning. And it would have been, I, I ended up not doing that because I thought, uh, you know, I may end up starting um, that up um, once again. But here's, here's, here's what I want to share with people. If I had have called that the Anne Marie Cross podcast or the Anne Marie Cross show, I couldn't sell that right. to anybody who, unless of course they're they're Anne Marie Cross. Um, so again, you need to think about what is the goal of my podcast? Do I want to create um, a, an aspect of an entity that I can then sell? 
just like a business, you know, all of these business strategists and, and brokers that I've interviewed, they say, start a biz- business that you intend to sell. And we often think, oh, I'm not going to sell my business. But it, it, when you do do that, you look at it really differently. So the podcast can add real value and, and become a real asset that you can sell. But again, only if if you've got the right name. Think of the name as far as, you know, are your ideal clients searching for that topic? And, and if it does, every time someone puts that into the keyword search, your name, you know, your podcast and, and your brand comes up. So those are things that you really need to consider. And again, it's starting with the end in mind. That's a key principle. And there's so many reasons why you would, um, you know, sure. mind. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in, in you for a second, uh, and I want to get back to how you help uh, in, in a minute, but how many different podcasts do you have and right now? And, and I guess jumping off on what you just said is, is, are, are the reason for the different podcasts, they're just different aspects of your own larger personal brand or what, what's the reasoning behind the different podcasts that you have? Okay. So, you know, this is where there is, it's a blessing and it's also, it can be a curse. And that (laughs) is that I'm what I would call a multi-passionate individual. I struggled for many years to just let the one thing be my one thing. Thank goodness it's gone full circle. I'm able to actually, um, you know, put a beautiful umbrella statement on on top of that. And so I've had a number of of different podcasts. Um, I'm the one of those people that, you know, you learn things, you go, ah, what's next? You know, the bright, shiny object was a podcast 12 years ago. Anyway, so I've got three of there's the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, um, there is Women in Leadership, mm. and then there's the Christian Entrepreneurs mm. Show. So whilst the audience are still my ideal clients, there and, and by the way, can I just put a pre? Do not do what I do in that aspects of starting three podcasts unless you absolutely love that medium because it is a huge amount of work, and I often have to take a step back and go right now. I just need to, you know, need to systematize that and, and get my team to support me. But there's different avenues that people are coming through, like the women in leadership. Really, is focused on some key areas that I'm quite passionate about that I would not necessarily share on ambitious entrepreneur show mm. and then as the title you know mentions the christian entrepreneur show they're people who have faith who love the lord and really are building their business to be able to make a bigger impact for the kingdom you know that that kind so very different niches if you will um but um you know, similar message around personal branding. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's certain things that I would talk about or the guests that I would bring on that's quite unique um, and quite niched. I had another podcast which was for a season called Industry Thought Leader, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But what ended up happening is there's some seasons there and then the last episode uh, for people who are following that, hey, come and listen to either of these. So it, they're all building, you know, kind of awareness and then people will self-select if they want to continue to listen to one of those other podcasts. But then I've got uh, Alliance Partners who I also uh, host and produce in the business realm, speaking realm um, as well. Wow. Uh, 
hard to keep up with you, Emory. This is this is this, <laughs> this is great. And you know what? So people will often say to me, and I don't know. If this is a question that you're asked too. How often should I publish? Yes. And I've come to the realization that look, there are no rules in in the area of podcasting other than the rules that you set yourself. And you know what? rules are meant to be broken. So I break my own rules often too. But what I mean by that is, look, again, you need to look at what is the purpose of my podcast? Should I produce weekly? Should I produce uh, bi-weekly or monthly, daily? And I have done all of those and, and in between. The Christian Entrepreneur Show started off doing daily whilst I was producing um, my other podcasts too. Uh, we did nine months, 270 episodes, day after day. One of the reasons is I ran out of being able to find guests, believe it or not. Wow. I'm now the weekly one. Um, but what it allowed my team and I to do was ensure that the way we onboard guests was so robust that it could run a daily podcast, a weekly one, a bi-weekly one, and and as well as alliance partners. So our, our system's got a robust, um, yeah, through through that. But now, of course, it's weekly. So I would not advise anyone to start a daily one unless it was the only thing that they were doing. Don't do what I do in that aspect um, because that could really, you know, stretch yourself too thin. This, of course, is that my business. So, you know, it, it, it aligns beautifully with, with what I do. And I love interviewing. That is, that is one of my areas where I'm often told, you know, you enjoy, you, you're good at, at, at interviewing. And that's because I'm curious, naturally curious. And that's how I create a bulk of my, our content. You know, there's one aspect about you that I find um, compelling. And that has to be part of your uh, position as a, or how you got to be such a trusted authority in this space is how transparent you are. I mean, you just mentioned uh, another failure. I mean, you've mentioned, I don't know, three of them or it just in this show. And you're, you're very open about this. Um, don't do what I did. And that is not, that is hard to do. And how for, I mean, it's counterintuitive. For, just as, for for us as human beings, and uh, yes. what makes that so natural for you? You know, it, I've heard that before, and it was interesting because when I had that, the business failure, that was one that I thought, "Look, this can either make me or break me." And I thought, I don't like the, the idea of breaking me, so I'm going to ensure that it makes me. I'm going to learn from this because that failure had the opportunity, if I did not deal with it and heal from it, that it could completely change my one of my other core values, which is trust. Because there was a lot of betrayal from that, and I knew that I needed to deal with that. So I hired the highest end coach around the mindset that I've ever invested in myself, but I needed to do that. Now, as part of that process, one of my colleagues who'd seen me, you know, go through and bounce back from that, she said to me, can you come and do a webinar on, on that? And so I was in the process of developing that and, and sharing that. And my then coach did say to me, look, you're not quite ready yet because you can't teach that yet or share that yet till you've fully gone through that. So I can now honestly say that my worst business failure was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was a huge wake-up call and actually the pivotal point where I thought, right, I'm no longer going to be distracted and following. I'm going to really take some time to, to reset 
and 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 really move forward and and that is really the path that I have been over on the last four or five years because this is about four or five years ago that this happened but I remember a gentleman emailing me who had been to that webinar about failure and how to deal with that and he that's what he said to me he said to me look you're really brave sharing that and it wasn't until I heard that and I thought, I don't know, am I brave? I just don't want other people to make the, the same mistakes. But you know what? I think this failure is, and call it what you like, it really is feedback on that what you did didn't have the outcome that you wanted. Well, guess what? You've got the choice to be able to continue moving forward and finding, well, what would work? What could I do differently? Do I need more skills, more strength, more people around me? And I I think, you know, the greatest learning that I had was there is no such thing as failure. It's just feedback and that keep going, you know, keep going. And I think as entrepreneurs, there's a aspect of risk-taking that we need to take. And we're too scared to A, make, you know, make a mistake, have a failure, and then keep that a secret. Why? Share it with others, you know. And so for me, I've flipped it right on its head and actually thought I'm going to teach the systems and processes that I learned and I'm going to celebrate that because, you know, if you look underneath all of the successful people who I'm sure we all know, like, and, and trust, there are so many aspects of things that they did that didn't work out. We could probably write, you know, a whole encyclopedia times a million uh, on the lessons that they have learned. And so I'm, I'm happy to share that, you know, happy to share that, especially if there's a learning or, or a hope and possibility. That's my core, my, you know, to inspire and empower people. Hope and possibility, it's so important, especially for a, for a time that we now find ourselves in. So many people are struggling and there is hope at the end of the tunnel, you know, and the difference is what are you going to do with the circumstances that are placed at you right now? You've got a choice. You can either let that be a foundation upon which you will stand and go, you will not bring me down today. I am standing up and I'm going to learn and I'm going to share that. And that's what I do every day, you know. True. Not that I want to be sent any more challenges. I have had many, <laughs> many, many, plenty <laughs> to last me a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've had your quota, I guess, right? You, yeah. Okay. So, um, let's talk about who you work with, and I want to get to. Um, and and we've gone way over where I usually go, but you're so compelling. I could keep going, but but I I do want to get to a couple things. One is is that uh, you're you were recently cited as one of the top 20 business coaches in Melbourne. Um, Do you work uh, in the Melbourne area and Australia? Do you work outside of Australia? Because I do, I do, you know, this might sound really bizarre, but I have no idea how that happened. I just, I'm sharing my stuff. That That is it, just sharing the message. And so it was a real thrill. But absolutely, I work with people all over the, the world. Makes for interesting time schedules, that, that's for sure, and, and calendars syncing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, work a, across the globe. Okay. And, and you're working, again, as we mentioned earlier, with consultants, coaches, business coaches, life coaches, what have you, um, share with us if you would, and you don't have to mention them by name, of course, but you know, a success story that you're, or two that you're particularly proud of. Yeah. 
Oh, great. Thank you. Well, well there's a couple, there's two that come to mind. One of them really speaks into the positioning and the personal branding and how important it is and what that really allows um, you to open up when you take the time to really focus and get clear on that. And the second is, is kind of similar, but also what's possible when you start to implement what I call some of these digital assets and, and seed and lead strategies. The first one was, uh, again, both of them were coaches and consultants. The first one was where she was doing a bit of a rebrand and she knew that she wanted to launch a podcast too. And so we did everything that we were talking about, you know, in this interview with you, looking at her message and so forth, but something just wasn't right in how her original message was landing. She would call it the hero brand. I use archetypes. And archetypes is really a body of characteristics and an experience you create. And I share this because there's also a learning that sometimes as you start to share things with your community, be mindful of the feedback. Now, don't think, oh, this is a failure. I'm a failure. No one likes me. But do what my client did. She came back and she said, you know what? I've been sharing this message. And whilst it really lands well for me because one of her archetypes is the hero, so she stands up for people, you know, she said, it's just not resonating because my clients cannot see themselves yet as heroes. So immediately there's a bit of work, there's gaps in that. But so we realized, okay, let's have a look. And so what we ended up doing is really, she was just speaking through, um, you know, some of the things that's really important, the work that she wants to do with her clients. And constantly she was talking about, now I want to bring value and value, value, value. And I said, what about a value-driven brand? Boom. So now she's got her whole brand, her website, um, her podcast is all called the value driven brand. Mm. And so now that has just completely, when you know, you know, you know, so often businesses, what we end up doing is comparing ourselves to others and looking what they're doing. And that's my, why didn't I think of that? Well, when you look at yourself and everything that I mentioned and very much what the message that you bring There's a level of confidence, not arrogance, but confidence that comes from inside and you just know in your knower that that is right. And it's completely just really helped her shape her business, her business model, the programs and this real... She uses, you know, um, some some because she's got a bit of uh, maverick in there as well, some power words that really connect. And that's just completely um, helped her build that program pathway and her business model, which is often another challenge with businesses because they're not really clear. So she's got a great podcast and, and uh, you know, again, nurturing those listeners into leads. A second one of my clients has just started out in business. And, you know, I say to people, if you can start generating clients and money before you even launch your podcast. And that's a great way to really do that because you know that you're already getting paid and the message that you're sharing is already working. So when you layer a podcast strategy on top of that, it'll work. So what this client of mine, she really is bringing decades, decades. In fact, she calls herself that she has been online um, this entire century, which she has. So she's got, she's really positioned as a thought leader because she is. So now of course she's building her business and she helps people um, create these courses, that course that positions them as a trusted authority. So mm. she was in the process of, you know, what what we do is we help them develop their their signature system and your signature programs, and we create this digital asset, which is this beautiful quiz that's positioned, you know, on the the pillars that you teach, 
And she was able to get high uh, VIP clients through that. She was able to start a group coaching program through that, building out her course through that. And so working with clients, she's able to really evolve and continue to really build out the program, the body of knowledge that she's teaching, because there's nothing better than getting feedback from clients, because some of the things that we think, oh, that's not relevant, can be the biggest learning in our heart for clients. So now she's ready to to layer that podcast strategy on top. I keep saying to you, you're ready now to launch a podcast. When are you going to do that? So she's going to create, you know, her three-part thought leader series, and that becomes a nurturing sequence. So different ends of the spectrum, you know, but it all centers on what we've been talking about today is that messaging, the personal branding, and then looking at, you know, what do I need to incorporate that uh, I'm building this beautiful nurturing, uh, you know, sequence that will help that ideal client to take that next step, that next step and, and guide through. When you do do that, you know, often the, the one of the stresses of business is having to do all of the things. A lot of that can be automated. A lot of that can be set up so that you're not necessarily doing that. So does that give you a couple of examples? Yeah, of, uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. And one of the things I want to make sure, too, we get to, I keep saying that well, I'm going to wrap it up, but <laughs> we, 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 you and I connected originally on the subject of pricing. Okay, yes. so I want to turn this over to you. You mentioned two examples, and you mm-hmm. probably have others, but being able to make yourself a trusted authority yes, and, and part of that monetizing, that podcast is improving your pricing too, right? It is. And you yes. have helped people with that. Absolutely. You know, often what will happen is when we're not clear on that trusted authority, that message, and we're not seen as that go-to person, that thought leader in our industry. And and when I say thought leader, there can be many people who are adding value, have who are, vo- you know, voices in that industry. But because you're so clear on the experience that you create, people want to hang out with you. You know, often I, I'll hear people will say, oh, I love that particular podcast. Or I subscribe to a number of different podcasts, but if I'm pressed for time, I'll scroll through and I'll go, oh, I want to listen to that one mm-hmm. because I love the way that that, you know, that host interacts. That's the kind of person that you are not only want to be from a podcast, but the kind of person that you want to be when someone is making a decision, who do I want to work with? You know, that, oh, because I just love being in that person's um circle. I, I want to get as, as close as I can to be mentored by him or her. And so, you know, when it talks about pricing, often when you don't have that, we feel like a commodity. People will say, well, can you offer me a discount? I mean, you're speaking to the choir here, but when you really position yourself well and people can see the, the advantage and the outcomes, the possibilities that are there through hiring and working with you, you then become automatically a highly paid authority. You can, you can command those sort of things. And I, well, I don't say command, you know, from the real authority, but you can just state those fees because you know that if someone invests their time, energy, and, and takes action, they're able to generate those results as well. And there's just something about that. There's a whole other topic, isn't there, on, on money mindset and what we believe is possible. And so the first person that we need to um, to kind of convince, if you will, that we are worthy of, of uh, charging that that price mm-hmm. is ourselves. 
because it's very difficult if we don't believe it ourselves. For sure. For sure. Uh, Anne-Marie Cross has been with us, folks. Uh, she is, um, uh, well, she's the podcast queen. And but uh, our, the name of her company is Podcasting with a Purpose, uh, or Podcasting with Purpose, I should say. Uh, Anne Marie, this has been great, and I could keep going, but uh, we, we've got to wrap it up and let you get on to helping folks that you uh, work with. For those that would like to be in touch, would like more information, uh, what are your coordinates? Direct them. The best place, and my team uh, is in the process of setting this up, so by, by the time this goes live, this will be available. Uh, every fortnight I have a masterclass where I dive deeper into what we've spoken about today. Uh, I'm all about make an informed decision from as a business owner. Is this right? Is this the right time for me? Come to this masterclass and we'll be able to help you with, with again, that learning and, and uh, insights as to whether that is. So podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash masterclass is going to be that link that you can get access to that. But if, you've, if you're on LinkedIn and so forth, you know, Anne-Marie Cross is, is my handle there or annemariecross.com is my personal brand uh, website. But if someone's listening today and thinking, you know, what I, I I am a coach and I am a consultant. I do want to layer a podcast strategy on top of that. Podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash masterclass is a great place to start. Anne Marie Cross, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Yeah. Folks, just a quick reminder that if you've got administrative tasks, bookkeeping, other issues in your business that you need to get off your plate so you can do a podcast, for example. Okay. <laughs> What you need to do is go to officeangels.us and check out the services that they offer. But my really best suggestion is just call the chief executive angel there, S.E. Escobedo. S.E. has been in business for 21 years and been doing this virtually for 21 years. So a pandemic does not scare her. Your geography does not matter to her. Um, she picks an angel that will fly in, get the job done virtually and fly out. And they do this on an ongoing or as needed basis. And I know this myself because I could not run my business without SE and her angels, uh, flying around my business, making it happen. Okay. So, uh, give her a call 770-442-9246. Tell her I sent you. Or if you're shy, go to officeangels.us and fill out the form or whatever. But my suggestion is just call her and explain your problem, and she'll be able to walk you through to a solution. Um, folks, uh, Business Leaders Radio, you can find us on the Business Radio X network, businessradiox.com. We're also the show pages at businessleadersradio.com. And we appreciate your support, and we've got – a wide variety of shows on our network and we would love it if you would connect with us there in terms of my social media, it's North Fulton BRX and I'm on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn preferable uh, and uh, uh, some of the other social media channels, but all North Fulton BRX. So connect with us uh, on any of those platforms. So for my guest, Anne-Marie Cross, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Business Leaders Radio.